listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Fiamma, five metres. Our cheeky devil running a race. Steel screens gives ground. Archester makes ground on the inside, then brutally handsome as they turn for home and Fiamma got away. Clear of our cheeky devil, brutally handsome, and then Archester back to the inside. But well out in front is Fiamma. Fiamma's clear. Our cheeky devil, brutally handsome, and a good go for the miners, but Fiamma wins it well. Fiamma... Dan Maliki calling another one of Emma Stewart's very talented paces by the name of Fiamma, which runs on the weekend in Melbourne there. On Saturday night, 17 starts, nine wins. A mare by Better's Delight, of course, that's sire. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I if she'll keep winning again. She's pretty promising. Yeah, looks uh, looks the part, doesn't she? But uh, as you said, just uh, part of that uh, all-conquering stable. And uh, th this is the stable that we've really got to focus on between now and probably towards the end of the year because there's going to be a lot of Futurity Classics being staged between now and the end of the year. We've got the Big Bread, the Breeders' Crown, the Derby, the Oaks. That's all still to come. And as we know, they've got so much firepower. So uh, this is a stable that uh, we'll certainly hear and talk about a lot more between now and the end of the year because uh, they're set to play a major role in many of these features upcoming. A guy that you've interviewed plenty of times uh, is Tony Turpin, the track manager at Albion Park, who does a terrific job, of course. Tony, um, well, drove for many, many years as well. Uh, Chris, and he was involved there in that, trying to break up a big blue at the creek last Saturday night. Yeah, not too sure that the, the full story to this one, um, Steve, because uh, I wasn't there. I, I left straight after the races on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, there was a, a little bit of uh, action uh, afterwards at the after party. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. Uh, obviously, there's a piece in today's paper, but... Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how far the investigation goes, that's for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a few people just got a bit hot on of the collar. I'll just read a, an extract of the article. Robert Craddock, Ben Dorries, champion chip-winning harness trainer Jason Grimson will be interviewed by stewards as part of a wide-ranging investigation into a brawl at Albion Park Saturday night. The brawl started in the Creek Bar after uh, Jason Grimson allegedly baited by several men after he saw Swayze of course, uh, beat uh, leap, of, leaps, uh, leap to Fame in the Blacks of Fake Championship. Um, apparently, it only lasted a couple of minutes. Uh, the Queensland Racing Integrity Commission revealed it was an investi investigating an altercation involving racing participants that allegedly took place on Saturday evening. Track manager Tony Turpin, father of Brisbane Broncos rugby league hooker Jake, was privately praised for officials by trying to break up the melee, uh, which left him with a cut jaw. So, yeah, a bit of, bit of news there. Ben Battles with us, Chris. Ben, good morning. How are you, Chris? Very well, very well. Hey, uh, I, I noticed that the carnival has come and gone. You were able to slip down to Newcastle, pick up a race down there with Bonnie Prince, Louis, your stable star. So much so, you're going to head back south of the border again. This time you're going to Menangle on Saturday night. So how long has this been in the pipeline for, this little uh, planned trip? Um, yeah, I sort of had it in, in the back of my mind for a while, Chris, with, um, you know, just the way the, the strength of the races throughout the carnival up here in Queensland and, and the, the horse flesh that's on display, obviously. A lot of them southern trainers, you know, make the trip north. So um, just trying to do the old um, place, keep yourself in your best company and place your horse in the worst if possible. So that, that was the idea behind it. 
Okay. So he was able to get the job done at Newcastle. Uh, just tell us about that night. Uh, were you confident going into the race that uh, you found the right race? Uh, yeah, I actually took him down um, and stabled him at Ricky uh, Ricky Alton's earlier in the in the week. So he'd been down there for about a week or so um, before that that run. But um, you know, he seemed to handle the trip really good and 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 settled in down there in the routine really well. So um, you know, we thought it was a, a big class drop, you know, from what he'd been racing here in Brisbane. And um, yeah, touch when he, he was good enough to get the job done, which was good. Yeah, and the time was good as well. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nice, strong win. Um, you know, from as I said, from what he'd been racing here in Brisbane, I, I'd hope he'd sort of be up the run and then sort of times and, and be up to, to racing them sort of horses. And he, um, yeah, credit to him, he, he got over the trip and um, and was able to sort of be good enough to do that. Okay, so you've got him in on Saturday night at Menangle. Has he returned home since Newcastle or has he remained in, in Sydney all the way through? No, nah, he, he's still down in Sydney um, rather than, you know, tripping him back and forth. We we just took the option to leave him down there and just, um, you know, try and get down there a bit to, um, to be with him still. But, um, yeah, while, while we're sort of back home, um, Rick, Ricky's doing a bit of caretaker training for us while he's, while he's in Sydney. Okay. So he steps up from a mile, that Newcastle race, the 2300 on Saturday night. Is this a lot harder, this race on the weekend, compared to what he beat at Newcastle? Um, obviously, being a Saturday night race there at, at Menangle, it's obviously, they're never easy. They're always strong, you know, competitive races. But, um, you know, I, I think it's on, on paper, it's, it's, you know, it's not as strong as what he would have been meeting up here during the Brisbane Carnival. So, um, you know, I do think he's up to, to a race of that calibre. But, um, you know, they're, they're never a given them Saturday night races. They're always quite strong and every horse deserves their spot there. So... Um, you know, hopefully you'll be able to put in a good good performance again Saturday. Okay. Uh, if the emergency comes out, he'll run from gate two. Uh, up here, he's known for his good gate speed. Is there a chance that he could be able to lead this field on the weekend? Uh, yeah, obviously, um, I probably don't know the form. You know, Menangle is as good as the Queensland form, but, um, you know, he, he is possessed with, with pretty, pretty good gate speed. He, he's pretty electric off the arm, even... You know, first hundreds usually, um, you know, pretty quick. So we'll definitely be, be having that as plan A anyway to be putting him as far forward in the race as we can and see how it unfolds from there. Okay. So what's the plan moving forward if he happens to win this race on the weekend? Does that extend his campaign down there in Sydney or is he returning home, win, lose or draw after the weekend? Um, we'll just play it by ear, Chris, and just say, um, you know, just see what unfolds and, and just... You know, it'll just depend on where he is in the ratings or what races he's actually eligible for there on a Saturday night um, as to how long he'll actually stay down there. But, um, yeah, we sort of we haven't really got a, a plan in, in place as far as how long he'll be down there and, and then what to do with him there on after as well. Obviously, he's probably um, the, the kind of horse that um, would be suited to, to be sold and, and raced in North America, so... Um, you know, if something comes to that and, and we can, um, you know, off, uh, sell him over to there, well, that, that's an option that's probably on the table for us as well. Well, if he wins on Saturday night, I'm, I'm expecting you'll get a few calls. <laughs> Let's hope so, Chris. Hopefully he, can, hopefully he doesn't let us down and can put in a good showing on Saturday night. All right. Will you head down at all? Uh, not going to be able to make it down this week, Chris. I've sort of got 
um, you know, races right up until the weekend here. So, um, yeah, a bit, bit sticky to try and get away this weekend. But, um, yeah, we might try and get down there sort of next week at some stage and, um, and, and, and be there with him. All right. Well, that's Bonnie Prince Louis on Saturday night. The fact that he's under the care of Ricky, he's taking the drive. You might even bring home one of his trotters. <laughs> I don't know about that, Chris. I think he's he got a pretty good um, pretty good gauge on his trotters down there, so I reckon I'll leave him there where they are. All right. Another horse that I wanted to ask about from your stable into the Mystic, uh, like Bonnie Prince Louis, a former Kiwi, three starts, two wins. Uh, her only defeat coming in that big race during the carnival at Marburg, the Western Star. She was back at the trials earlier in the week. What are the plans going forward with her? Um, yeah, just wanted to give her a bit of a confidence hit out after um, after going to Marburg. She was uh, a bit out of sorts around the, the tight turn and track there at Marburg, which we had a little bit of a concern of that in the back of our mind right from, from going there. But, um, yeah, didn't handle the track at all, so we... Just back to the drawing board a little bit with her and just wanted to give her a nice, quiet trial, which she had on Tuesday, um, you know, just to get a good gauge on where she's where she was up to and, and come through that trial really well. I was really pleased with the way she she found the line in that trial. So um, she'll hopefully aim up for a race next Tuesday at um, Albion Park. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for her. Hey, best of luck with Bonnie Prince-Louis starting on Saturday night down there in Sydney. Hopefully he can bring up another victory. Let's hope so, mate. He's been a, a great little horse for us and um, hopefully the ride's not over yet. All right, awesome. Bonnie Prince-Louis stepping out in the first race at Menangle there. So it'll give us uh, something to cheer home on Saturday night if you're at Albion Park watching Bonnie Prince-Louis there's his trainer, Ben Battle. Adam Richardson's in really good form and he's had a great week so far. He had success on Monday night. More success on Tuesday at Albion Park. I think there was another double last night. It's been a good week. He's got a good book of drives today here at Redcliffe, and he's got more drives coming through Friday at Albion Park, Saturday, and even Marburg on Sunday. So he's a busy man going to each and every meeting so far this week. But as I said, the spoils have been there, and he joins us now. Adam, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? Yeah, really well. How many winners for you so far this week? Uh... Five, I think, this week. It's a good week. It is a good week, yeah. Take it when you can get it. And we're only, yeah, we're only halfway through, and there's still some really good opportunities still to come. So putting in the hard yards. Yeah, doing a bit of travelling around, but it's all worth it in the end, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask about one of your winners on Tuesday, Dexterous Dexter. He's only a young three-year-old trotter. You've got him going along really well. He's full of confidence right now. Yeah, he's been a bit of a surprise package, that little fella. Um, thought it just keeps improving every time he steps out. We had the derby on Saturday night. Did it probably come up a little too soon for him? Because given his current form, he probably wouldn't have been out of place there on the weekend. Uh, yeah, we sort of discussed it, me and Lan, and with the owners as well. Um, sort of decided to bypass it and just concentrate more on the triad. Okay, so how far away is the triad for the trotters? Uh, I think it's two weeks from Saturday. Okay, so it's not far away at all. So you've got him in the right moment, uh, at the right spot at the right time by the look of it. Uh, speaking of your wife, Alana, she's also having good success. King of Trump's going really well. Uh, yeah, she does a great job with him. Um, <laughs> I'm not allowed to touch that fella. That's hers. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, she's, he's going nice. 
Okay, so he's the stable favourite, but he's facing a tough uh, tough job there on Saturday night. He's got gate seven at a mile. Yeah, he is. Um, going back through his last few runs, his sectionals have been really good, so a bit of luck there, and she'll be right in the mix, I think. All right. Well, speaking of Saturday night, just a few that I wanted to ask you about that you were down to drive. A couple of interesting runners. Daniel Boone. Is this a race that, that he can take? Because... He's been pretty good since he's found his way to Queensland. I know he's widely drawn there on Saturday night, but at his best, this looks winnable for him. It does for sure, yeah. Um, early on, I sort of, you know, me and Dave wasn't sure about him, but we sort of started driving him a bit tougher and he just got better and better. A couple of those miles, you know, he ran the gate hard and was running good times, just getting beat. So, um you know, we'll chance our arm early, I think, and have a look. And if he's going good enough, he'd be real close, yeah. Yeah. Have we seen the best of him, or are you guys still sort of learning about him? Um, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Um, still, you know, Dave is still working him out a bit and just a few little things here and there. But I do think next year he'll probably be a lot better again. Okay, well, I think he's a chance there on Saturday night, so we'll see how we go there. The two-year-old, Cosmic Flyer, he's won two from three. The only time he's been beaten, that was against Zoom Party, and Zoom Party's unbeaten since finding his way to Queensland. So this guy's got really good form. How do you rate him? I'd probably rate him as one of the better juveniles I've driven. Um, he got beat at Redcliffe. He ran third. I sent him around and sat parked, and he sort of got himself beat just in greenness, I think. Um I rate him quite highly. Yeah, like he, his last run at Albion was just breathtaking the way he hit the line and just, you know, probably wasn't entitled to win like he did and he just done it so easy. Yeah, and that's a really good point. That last start, uh, that, that was quite astonishing because at the top of the straight, he's going sideways because in many ways it looked like he spotted that outside gate and he was ready to exit stage right and then he just picked him up in a stride while still running really good sectionals. That's right, yeah. He's probably cost himself a good length, length and a half on that turn, um, you know, and to pick him up in the fashion that he did, it was very impressive, yeah. So is it full steam ahead for him to the triad? He's a son of Mr. Feelgood, so that's obviously the big target? I'm pretty sure that's the main target, yeah. Um, you know, the, Ron and the team have done a real good job just not overtaxing him, just racing him here and there, and I'm pretty sure he'll go into Saturday night and then the plan will be the triad. Okay, is this his biggest test to date so far this weekend? I would say it is, yeah. Um, you know, there's quite a few handy horses in there. Um, just depends on where we end up in the run. He's sort of so far shown that he can be very versatile, like he let up in good time on debut at Redcliffe and, you know, the other night coming from last. So it'll just depend on where we run, uh, where we end up and how the race is run. All right, well, that's Cosmic Fly. That's a good quality two-year-old race. And I'm keen to get your thoughts on the trotter in the last race on Saturday night. Call me trouble. This looks a massive class drop for him. 20-metre handicap, but it's only a small field. If he produces his best, Adam, and we've got to say that with a little bit of caution because he does have a few tricks, but he can beat these, no problem. Well, I believe so, yeah. Um, you know, the first time I drove him in the first heat of the DJA, the horse was just awesome. Um and the second he come around, he was really good again. It was just a shame that he got crook the day of the final there. And the other night, he galloped early out of the gate, and I come back and said to Mark that he was spot on. You know, he's probably given 
a good 20, 30, and he's finished with them. So he would have been right in the in the mix if he didn't do that early. Yeah. Just going back to that first drive you had behind him in that heat of the DJA, his sectionals were just unbelievable that night. Like, so far superior compared to the other heat on the night. So he's got a motor. Oh, he does for sure. I think, like, the whole time he's been here, everyone knows that he can, he can trot when he wants to do it. He's um got plenty of ability, and I think it's just a matter of just trying to keep him under himself a little bit and, um, you know, not have him too worked up because he can do a few things wrong. Okay. Well, that's Saturday night. I've got to ask about a few today. Just looking at uh, the week so far for you, your last couple of drives, third, first, first, second, third, fifth, eighth, first. Going all right. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Just a bit of right. two of them getting a bit of luck and, you know, some nice horses as well, so it helps. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a few today, and there's a very good chance that you could walk away with uh, one or two more winners today because some of them do look really well placed. Press statement, uh, he goes around in race seven. If the one holds up, he's going well enough to score. He's absolutely fine, this fella. Um, he's been racing out of grade, and, you know, his last three runs have been pretty good. Um, so I think if the one holds up there, you know, he'll give a real good show today. All right. You're taking your first drive aboard Cheddar Made Better for Lola Wiedemann, and he's a horse that's more than capable on his day. He is, yeah. Um, you know, probably not the best of draws, but I dare say Lola will just want to drop him out of the gate and have him hitting the line, but there's no reason why with a bit of luck and a bit of tempo in the race, he can't take that out. All right. Tungsten Terry, you know this guy really well. You've had success on him previously. He's drawn out in six. Are you going forward? Um, I haven't spoke to Richard as of yet, but it'll probably be on the cards. I don't think there's a great deal of speed there inside, um, and he just seems to race better on the front end when he's just up trucking. All right. And then you've got Alderman Chance, Doolittle Dazzler. Are they capable? Um yeah, I haven't sat behind Do Little Dazzle before, um, but a couple of its runs have been quite good. And Ultimate Chance, she's not out of it. She's just got to do a few things right too. In behind, she seems to get a bit racy and, you know, um, can choke down. So we'll just have to see how it's run there too. Okay. Well, hopefully, like I said, there's a few more winners for you, which is uh, continuing your good form this week. Hopefully there's a few more tomorrow and again on Saturday night. Appreciate the time today and good luck for the rest of the week. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. There's Adam Richardson joining us. So uh, he is in good form. He's had mm. good success so far this week and there's still a few more to come. Absolutely. Our next guest um, has got some nice horses running on the weekend, Chris. Out of tickets. He's under heavy pressure. Laurie D forces into the clear. Noble Trick folds the tent down. Can do no more. Deeper mystery actor. Amami breaks clear into the home straight. He's home again. He is in the zone, Amami. And he wins easily. Amami, Laurie D, midnight. In the car. zone. Let's find out about the horse that's in the zone. Chris, can it be win again on the weekend well we'll ask the trainer Gemma hewitt good morning good morning chris how are you really well have you had him any better than his current form no i don't believe so no i think he as you said in that call then he's he's really in the zone right now and yeah he seems to have everything's fallen in a place for him so what's what's the difference he's always been blessed with good ability he's got a beautiful pedigree so what is it right now that's just got him in the zone? Um, probably just changed his work, Chris. Um, as you know, last year he had a little bit of a tendon injury, so 
I sort of was taking things quite slow with him and it, yeah, I just, I was really looking after his leg and I just found he probably wasn't fit enough. And so, yeah, I've just really had to change the way I work him and he's adapted well and everything seems to be going well with his leg too. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of adapting, he is adaptable because you can race him so many different ways. He must be a real pleasure in that sense that you can lead up, you can do some work, you can park out and you can finish over the top of his rolls. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's he's really versatile and, as you said, he can do work. Um, he can come off him and sprint well and, you know, his last run where he sat parked and and ran 52 and that was a PB, you know, and that was the best he's ever gone, sitting parked. So, yeah, he just keeps on surprising me. How do you sort of line up the uh, the rivals here on Saturday night? There's a few in good form. What a roll is a last uh, feature race winner. Taking the JC McMullen, Midnight Calm's going well, Bank of Batuta's going well. Even your dad's horse, Laurie D, Big Shadow, Dark Terror. It's it's a competitive lineup. Yeah, it's quite an even field, really, Chris. But I'm um, I'm pretty pleased with my draw. And as you said, Water Roll is probably the biggest danger. Um, we've seen it get up the sprint lane, you know, in the JC McMullen, and it ran really well then with that trip. So um, it's probably the biggest danger in one, I think. All right. Well, that's a mommy on Saturday night. Is there anything else uh, forthcoming for him, or are you just going to pick and choose over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, just going to pick and choose with him. There's nothing really set in sight. So just um, just sort of step him along and look after him and just sort of aim for bigger money where I can. And, yeah, there's no point rushing him through his grades at the moment. All right. A couple of other runners for you on Saturday night. Keang Marvin lined up in a race too. He's been one of these horses that's been going particularly well, but it's been so strong throughout the carnival. Uh, so he's going a lot better than what the numerical form reads. He's drawn the inside of the second row here on the weekend. Can he feature? I think he can if he gets a good enough run. Um, I think he probably will be three fence in that race, but uh, he's finally got a good draw. And as you said, his form doesn't read very well, but um, he, he's the best track worker out here and he rarely puts in a bad run. It's just that things don't work out for him, but... He's dropped back to the band five again, and he's he, he's going to have a nice soft run, so there's no reason why he can't pick up money. All right. What about Sarah Ann going around in the uh, the first race, which is basically the open on the weekend? She's also got that same draw inside of the second row. Uh, she was feature race placed throughout the carnival in that mare's race at Redcliffe. Can, can she bob up here? Yeah, I think so. It's probably a good draw for her because she's not blessed with great gate speed, and she sort of always has to do quite a bit of work to get forward and I think a last start they got out in 26 and she was all a part of that, you know, just to get herself a position every week. So, um, and she doesn't run a bad race. So I think she's going to have a nice easy trip there and and I think the one should hold the lead. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think she could feature as well. Okay. Is she getting closer to the end now? Like breeding season's fast approaching. Are they keen to sort of retire her to start or is she going to go around for another season? I think the plan for her, I actually haven't talked to the owners, one of them's overseas at the moment, but I think she'd be near in the end. Um, you know, she's quite high in grade here and I don't think there'll be another point racing on for another year. So I think she's probably, would be best um, suited heading to the breeding barn. Her friend Carla Jane's on the way. So um, yeah, I think they've both reached the point in their career where they'll be best served breeding. Okay, I was going to ask about Carla Jane because you've got her engaged on Saturday night down in Sydney at Menangle. So she's on a one-way ticket down there, so she'll try and pick up one down there before going to stud? Yeah, that's right. There was no more mares races here for the rest, like for the next month coming. So, um, 
Dennis and Joe Picker have decided they're going to put her in foal and she's going to Captain Treacherous. So she actually, um, with those conditions now, I think she has to stop racing by the 31st of July. So, yeah, so she's headed to Sydney and she's on her way home. But, yeah, just one last race before she gets retired. I'm tipping it would have been a sad day at your stable when the truck rolled in to take her down south. Yeah, it was. She's been a little bit of a favourite for a long time. So, yeah, it was um, it's hard to say goodbye, but... Um, Yes, you know, she's going to be a mum. She's done a good job and she's going to a great stallion, so I can't wait to see what she produces. I'll tell you what, though, that race on Saturday night, she should be competitive there because class-wise, she's probably one of the, the better runners in that field. Yeah, I think so, and she's actually in really, really good form. Like, you know, her running the Golden Girl was probably one of her best. She she was three wide behind Amore Vida and she ran a good race, and... Last week, she, she sprinted home really well when Dad drove her here. And, um, she yeah, she's actually in really, really good form at the moment. So I can't wait to see a race at Menangla, to be honest. All right. Well, that's Saturday night there with Carla Jane. You've got one runner only today at Redcliffe. Race 8, number one, Jillaby Chambers. She loves the lead, so she's got the right draw. Can she go all the way? <laughs> I hope so, Chris. That's sort of the thing I found with that mare. She's she's a really good horse in front or on the fence but she doesn't really like to come wide so I've just got to carefully place her where she races and yeah she's come up with barrier one again today so that seems to be a go so hopefully she can get the job done. All right and you picked up some spending money last night I noticed down at Bathurst cashed in another win. Yeah that's right he's uh, um, he's doing a really good job he's had five starts now for three wins and um, dad and Doug have done a really good job with him I sort of had a little bit of trouble with him here as an early two-year-old and so I sent him back down to Bathurst and gave him a good spell and just asked dad to work him up with his other horses and yeah he's um, done a really good job so um, he was New South Wales bred and had bonuses down there so he's picked them up and um, he'll aim for the Breeders Blue in about a month's time which is a $100,000 race down there for New South Wales bred horses. So he'll stay there for that, and then he might head back up north after that's over. All right. Well, I think you've answered all my questions there because I was thinking, being New South Wales bred, you've got the Breeders' Challenge, so he's got the Blue Series to target, and then hopefully maybe next year he'll be up here. Yeah, yeah. I think once all Breeders' Challenge is over, he'll be up here. <laughs> Doug said he's a bit of an annoying horse to work with and he, he's hard to get on with. So after his first win, he wanted to send him straight to me. But um, I talked to him last night. We had a laugh and he's, he's actually really starting to like the horse. So <laughs> he's happy to keep on to him for a little bit longer. Well, with a record like that, three from five, he's, he's not doing too much wrong. So continued success with him. Appreciate the time uh, today and good luck uh, over the next couple of days with all your runners. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Gemma Hewitt joining us this morning on Mobile Rolling, thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound. Rolling Fire had raced away. No third quarter. Rolling Fire's a mile in front of Skylord. On the outside is Cotton On. And going into fourth is Gerardo. Doing it well, Rolling Fire, for a most impressive performance. Rolled all the way. And Rolling Fire won it well by six minutes. Yeah, Rolling Fire, promising type. Chris, that market was dominated by Skylord and Rolling Fire. Uh, two very promising types. Matty Young was on uh, Sky as well. Uh, providing some pre-race information. Good morning. How are you? Good morning to you, Steve. Hello, Chris. Just before we talk about harness racing, Ed Kennett, we pay tribute to Ed, um, who passed only a couple of days ago this morning. Now, he was a big name in Perth racing as well, very well known over there on the through the media. Yeah, I never had the chance to meet Ed, but uh, did a lot of live crosses with him and uh, spoke to him uh, most Saturdays that I worked in the studios of TAB Radio. So, uh, 
Yeah, spoke to him and always enjoyed his segment with uh, Red Belly Sports and liked the way that uh, he came across uh, as a form analyst myself. Uh, I always listen and pay attention to the way uh, the way that you sort of come up with your theories and it always fascinates me because we're all different and opinions divide the game and just hearing the way about how he comes up with his selections and everything like that. He was very meticulous and uh, very well-read and educated with his his uh, picks and the way he played the tracks and everything like that. And he got the results and, yeah, someone that I respected greatly as a form analyst and he's going to be missed. Um, so, yeah, condolences to the family and friends of everyone uh, involved with Ed. And, yeah, quite shocking to lose Dean Lesser and Ed Kennett in the same year to... Uh, Leviathan form analysts that have been helping punters for many years. Yeah, and a guy that you might not be familiar with uh, as well, who's very close friends with, with, I know, Chris Barsby as well, was Mick Ramsey, who was also passionate about harness racing as well. And he was on this segment, Chris, wasn't he, for many years. But that uh, rolling yeah. fire uh, winning dominantly there last Friday. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, he, he impressed me a great deal rolling fire. He was fourth in the Golden Slipper last year, but he just uh, hadn't seemed to have reached back to that form um, and I thought that Skylord would be able to sit outside and beat him, but uh, Junior just kept on rolling. Skylord had a little bit of an excuse there with uh, wanting to over-race in the early part of the race, but at the same time, I think with the improvement being there for Skylord, Rolling Fire was still the better horse on the night, and uh, going forward, they're going to have some great battles, and I think Rolling Fire really stepped up last Friday to put his hand up as one of the uh, upper echelon of three-year-olds in the state. All right. Well, tomorrow night we've got ten races. Just a, you know, just an ordinary ho hum sort of winter meeting. But in saying that, the last two races, there's a couple of interesting horses here. None more so than Major Perry stepping out in Perth for the first time. Now with Greg and Sky Bond, he's a very good horse. And then that last race, the two-year-old, there's a couple of promising types there, and they're stable mates in Wave Rider and He's a Vibe. So, a couple of interesting horses stepping up tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Major Perry, of course, creates a lot of interest. Uh, he's a high-priced purchase, and um, you know that's that's. You look forward to seeing the debut of uh, those horses here in the West, and yes, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him be able to race. Judging on his form and into the race that he's in, it looks really likely that he's going to kick it off with the win, um, as long as everything's okay. And in the last race for Wave Rider. He's very smart, we know that, and uh, it's a, a very nice field of two-year-olds. Only a small field, but, yeah, he's a vibe's been racing well. But at the 2100, uh, Ryan Bell has been pretty open about the idea that this is his best two-year-old by far. He thinks uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's quite special wave rider. So uh, he's beaten in a trial the other day, but uh, I think they uh, were just having a little bit of fun with him and, uh, look, he, he looks to be able to get the win. Bet the house is a horse who won the Champagne Stakes over here. He returns. He won that trial. But at the same time, uh, Wave Rider looks the leader and potentially looks the winner. All right. What about the Winter Cup, the open class race, coming through as race number five tomorrow night? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, I think um, you speak of ho-hum. It could be quite a, a ho-hum race. The Mustangs tried to cross the code breaker before and can't do it. The code breaker's got the gate speed lead. Prince of Pleasure has still got strong queries over him at the 2,500 metres. 
Petronas Dale was a bit disappointing last start, but he seems to race a lot better if you just don't use him early. And then the others in the race, Galactic Star, Cordero, Babyface, Adder and My Prayer, are unlikely to put any pressure on. So there could be a pretty slow tempo in this race, which could suit the code breaker. 2,500 in the past hasn't been his favourite distance. Uh, he can get a little bit fired up, but if no one challenges him, all of a sudden you could get away with just running it into a 1,200-metre race. So he looks hard to beat, in my opinion. Um, Patronus Star, of course, is the class horse of the field and shouldn't be too far away, but it's just whether he has to break the clock to try and and make the ground out wider on the track, which we know around Gloucester Park is very hard to do. So uh, tactically, it's going to be quite an intriguing affair, but you know, the code breaker for me just in uh, race five. Okay, coming up the one horse there, the code breaker. Where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? Yeah, look, uh, I, I really like Wave Rider in the final event. I, I was hoping that uh, you might get a half-decent price about him and uh, just having a look to see. Yeah, look, if you could get anywhere into the $2 range, I think you're doing really well if if you can get that. Um, it all depends on what the price makers are thinking, I guess. But, yeah, he, he's the way that I'd say to go, race 10, number two. Um, but if we're looking for one a little bit earlier in the night, I'm happy to go with uh, race number three, number seven, Steno. With the scratching of Hoppy's way, it's uh, massive in my opinion. Steno's got brilliant gate speed. Street Hawks, okay off the arm, but I think Steno can burn across lead and over the mile, she's going to be mighty hard to beat. So race three, number seven, Steno, and race 10, number two, Wave Rider. They're my two best of the best. All right, well, that's Gloucester Park tomorrow night. A couple of other little new snippets that I wanted to ask about. Did you call Pinjarra Trials yesterday? I did. Did the mayor step out? No. Okay. And I don't know why. Right. Maybe he didn't want to get wet. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, because it was pretty miserable. It was pretty miserable here yesterday. So, yeah, I'm not 100% sure why she didn't step out. I'm not 100% sure why she was in the trial. I haven't actually spoken to Shane about that. Um, yeah, she, I think, from from what I've heard, is that she will probably race next Friday night. And then he'll be heading across to Sydney for a month. Talk about wonderful to fly. Mm. Yeah, wonderful to fly. So, that, uh, magnificent be... storm. That was disappointing. We didn't see the best of him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm not, not 100 percent sure what to make of magnificent storm. I think he's, a, he's a brilliant horse. We know that, but at the same time, he's, um, he has been unplaced in a few pacing cups down Fremantle cups and, and the Nullarbor, of course, and uh, yeah, just. Unsure about, we need to see him win a big race or be highly competitive in a big race. I don't think he was disgraced in Queensland by any stretch. I think his run of the Sunshine Sprint was really good. And uh, Black's a fake. I think if Aiden would have his time again, he probably stays the fence. But I think the move at the right time, I commented on the move at the right time, thinking it was a great move. He got off so uh, effortlessly into the clear and, really got him out and into the clear but then everyone started to push off the fence and he just got pushed wider and wider and and couldn't quite sustain it but you're chasing home Swayze and leap to fame and brilliant sectionals it's always going to be tough so I think uh I think his races he had excuses in most of his races but yeah we just 
I guess we're just on the fence a little bit over how good this horse is. So uh, hopefully we get to see him back. I think he'll return back here within the next month and then head towards the pacing cup and um, hopefully we get to see the best of him. We know he's won a group one. He won the James Brennan and that was about the same time that the pacing cup's going to be run and he was very dominant in that race. So would love to see him come back here and dominate and be able to really put his hand up. Um, but yeah, he's got... He's got um, I don't think he's going to get the respect over here to be able to just hand up to, for him to get handed the front and gifted the front, I should say. I think uh, people over here looking at the racing and thinking we can beat him if we just make him work a little bit. That's just my opinion. Mm. Do, do you think there could be um, a chance that that may the, the results of Magnificent Storm may deter some uh, future connections coming across from the West to compete in our carnivals going forward? Um, I mean, look, he didn't have the greatest of barrier draws. That's that's pretty much how how I saw it. It's, it was a pretty tricky draw. And look, in his whole career, he hasn't had, in the big races, he hasn't had great barrier draws. So um, he's always been pretty unlucky in that department. Um, but yeah, I think... I think people would still be happy to go across to Queensland and race. I think it's a great carnival. At the same time, they've bumped into Leap to Fame, who's obviously a freak of nature, and Jason Grimson, who is a freak of nature. So um, it's you, you want to go and take on the best. Unfortunately, there's only going to be one or two that are the best, but it's a, it's a great leveller, and... It can bring a horse on. We've seen that in the past. So looking to see whether he takes great benefit from that and comes back here and and uh, really improves off of what he's done in Queensland, which I think he can do. Right. Well, I've got to ask you the question as well. You watch the race. If he doesn't have the flat tyre, does he pick up Swayze Leap to Fame? Um, I, I would say yes. That wasn't just a flat tyre. It was, um, yeah. it was tube around the rim stuff. Like that's that's really that's a really difficult thing to carry in those speeds, that class. Yeah, look, it would have been close. Um, I think you can't mm. take anything away from Swayze, but at the same time, there's definitely um, big question marks over whether Leap to Fame would have got there. I would say I think he would have gone very close. He probably wins, in my opinion. Um, it's very hard to carry that sort of flat and have that... Uh, look, it just stops the wheel from going around, basically. So, mm, it's like um, a sled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, as as best the Grant did to try and take the weight off that wheel, it's just... It's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard. You're trying to balance and try and drive your horse out. There was just a lot that went wrong in that last 400 metres. And I think, um, yeah, as I said, you can't take anything away from Swayze, but Leap to Fame would have got a lot closer, if not one, if they didn't have that issue. Well, what did yeah, you think, Chris? It, well, it, it's it's the great unknown. And it's unfortunately something that we'll never get an answer to, but just the way he moved up down the back straight when Grant just asked him, he, he made up a lot of ground on Swayze very quickly. So I'm probably thinking along your lines that he, he would have gone very close, if not just grabbed him late. But, um, yeah, it's just just one of those things that we'll never get a, a clear answer for. I don't think he lost any fans anyway. <laughs> nah, I think he gained some. 
Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's amazing. We had a lot of people from WA go over to, which I think is a great thing too, uh, the carnival in Queensland. Had a lot of people here from WA interested in just going to watch. Mm. So uh, I think that's what a carnival needs. So uh, big ups to everyone in Queensland for being able to create a race or a carnival of that nature. But, yeah, everyone that's all leaped to fame, they just, they're in awe of his presence. He's an amazing-looking horse and really looking forward to the Eureka because it couldn't be any more mouth-watering. Uh, that is absolutely for sure. And uh, I would love for Wonderful to Fly to go into there just to see how she goes. But uh, she's racing leap to fame. Captain Ravishing, The Lost Storm, um, uh, catch a wave, what a field. <laughs> it's just going to yeah. be amazing. Well worthy yeah. of the uh, prize money that has been attached. Yeah, 100% agree with that. that. That will be an iconic race, no question about it. And I think in many ways she has that X factor too wonderful to fly because a lot of the horses that are being considered now for those last couple of spots, we've seen them and they've raced together, but she's just something completely different. Comes across with foreign form lines and just adds that little bit of an X factor. And being a mare as well, I think she'll have real impact in that race for, for many reasons. So hopefully she does get picked up and uh, she can represent, uh, you know, herself and the state of WA with uh, with great pride. Well, that's right. Um, I think uh, it's a guaranteed barrier draw, basically. You, you're going to get into the field nicely. And the best thing and something that we have been saying over here in the West is you just want to see a race where she's just forgotten about. And if she was in that with a nice soft draw and she was planted through the fence, nice long straight, big spacious track, mm. she would uh, she would definitely get home well. I'm not saying she'd win by any stretch. That would be incredibly West Australian bias, which I am. But at the same time, um, I think she... I don't think she would uh, disappoint herself anyway and... With what, we, what we've seen over here in the West, I, I would love to see her compete against those horses because, yeah, for any anyone that has the slot, you've got the you've got the barrier draw, you've got a horse with plenty of talent, and it's just a matter of getting the split. And you would imagine in that sort of race, the gaps are going to open, and she just mm -hmm. needs daylight. And we know how far she is. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm really proud of Shane for going east and. Um, making the decision to go over there and really give himself a chance. I would have loved to have seen him go to Queensland, but as we've touched on, he probably made the right decision um, with, what, with bumping into Leap to Fame firstly and then at the same time, uh, more Vita. They went 150-2. and two, like That was a, a, a brilliant race, the Golden Girls, the week later. So... Um, I'm not, I, I think she was more than capable of being up to them as well, but yeah, it's just a long way to go, and I think the travel got the better of Shane. But this one, he's he's nutted out a plan, and uh, I'd love to see her go over race really well on the uh, single, and then and then see if she can get a start because I think she'll more than hold herself in good stead in the Eureka. Yep, no doubt about it. Well, fingers crossed uh, that plan comes to fruition. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, we've got the tips for tomorrow night. Enjoy the weekend. We'll touch base next week. Cheers, guys. Throw that tiger bone.